Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Hi, I'm Virginia Stanley from Library Love Fest, and uh, in this special episode of Musings from 195, Lainey, Chris, and I sat down and rehashed the American Library Association conference, which took place in Washington, D.C. We had about 18 authors, seven presentations. We were on the road for days before we ever got to the conference, and so this is the end result, a very tired but a very satisfied and gratified Library Love Fest department talking about books that we love and very tired voices. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the Library Love Fest podcast. We have another episode of Musings 195 or 195. We really haven't workshopped that yet. 195 Musings. No. 195. 195, 195, 195-er. All right. Hey, we just came back from the American Library Association Conference in Washington, D.C., and what a time we had. We, the Library Love Fest team, we were on the road for a whole week together. A whole week. <laughs> a whole week. It didn't feel like a week, though. What did it feel like? It felt like 10. It felt like a blink of an eye. <laughs> it really did go by fast. It did. It was so much fun. We decided to load up the load up a van full of galleys, luggage, a tiki hut, and a bunch of camera equipment and stop at some libraries along the way down to Washington. So we, we Facebook lived ourselves to, to, um, Princeton, Princeton, Philly, Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> and it was super fun. Super fun. It was called booking it to DC. Ooh. Set the scene. We have our door magnets on. We have our bobble heads bobbling. We have share playing. We have snacks in hand. Snacks, snacks and share. What could be better? Nothing. It was so much fun. Booking it to DC. So you can you can look you can catch up on all the shenanigans on Library Love Fest, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um yeah, that was fun. And then we got to DC and started getting ready for the American Library Association, the Grand Poobah of of library conferences and it was great we are so tired <laughs> a little drowsy a little bit but i'm here we had 18 authors and a lot of programs and i guess between the buzzes on the road and then the, the buzzes at the show we did seven title presentations that's a lot it's a lot of talking it was fun we was have really so good. many good books it's it's a good problem i know you just yeah. gotta cover them all so yeah um we got to see a lot of librarians that we don't see at aoa which was nice too and they we didn't do the same book so even if they did come they got to hear about new books yeah that was great one of the books that um that one of the authors who came to aoa up from tennessee was kevin wilson who wrote um nothing to see here his latest gem that we are all in love with. Mm-hmm. We're all in love with the book and we're all in love with Kevin. 
Oh my God, do we love him or what? He's so sweet. He's so sweet, so insightful, so brilliant. Yeah. Of all his stuff. You like lean in a little closer. What are you, what are you going to say? Yeah. He, um, so first, he's. we first met him at Book Expo in, in May, which feels like 19 years ago. <laughs> and um, where he spoke at the library in, uh, luncheon. In lieu of. In lieu of Tom Selleck. We love Tom Selleck, but Kevin Wilson killed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it worked out brilliantly because I think everyone in that room of what, 200 plus people? Yeah. Fell in love with him. They did. They did. He was the highlight. He really was. Everybody said he was the highlight. And he, because he so beautifully executed this book that he's written in a way that makes you want to pick it up and not put it down till you're done. No joke. It's, it's, it's such a good book. Um, it's about these, um, these two, it starts out with these two girls who are at this elite boarding school and they're from different sides of the, the tracks, shall we say. And after a scandal, their friendship kind of dissolves and they go their own ways. And, um, one of them sort of, you know, um, she gets uh she goes back home to her life which is not so great and the other one um has a wonderful life for herself and she's married to this uh politician and he's um climbing the ladder and um but uh he has two children from a previous marriage and something happens and uh the ch- the ch- those children are back in his care and um his wife calls her old buddy and says I need your help with these children. Can you, would you consider being their nanny? And um, something's up with these kids and I really can't, we can't have them. They're special. They have unique abilities. And um, so she kind of looks around at her life, which is kind of going nowhere and says, okay. And that's what starts the book. Oh my God, I love this book so much. It's all about what is a family. He does families and quirky so well. Mm. So, and by the time so. you have to figure out what is up with these kids, and honestly, it's no big secret. You can read the back of the book and you find out what is up with these kids. But um, so, but I'm not going to tell you. But it's so good that by the time you meet these kids and you see what their unique ability is, or I shouldn't say ability, but almost like, I guess, an affliction, because they can't help it. Um, you're so in because Kevin writes these characters so well that you just love them. And then you just get to see this relationship between this woman who's come from, you know, kind of a life that hasn't gone the way she wanted to. And these kids who were kind of like shoved to the side because they're odd. And so it's about the three of them finding their way. Ah, lady. I look, my favorite part is that she just doesn't like pretend with them. I think kids really see like authenticity and when you're genuine with them, and so she's just like, yeah, it, it's terrible. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, you know. Um, but we're going to make the best of it. And they grow together. And it's really sweet. I don't know. I appreciate, like I said, it's not like the hills are alive. Like she's not bringing a ukulele in. But she's <laughs> real with them. And she's trying to figure out her own life. Yeah. So. Yeah. He writes from like a heightened. You, would, you, you hear the premise. You think it's like a heightened reality. And in some ways it is. But it's really some of the most genuine character writing and just how these how this this woman and these two kids develop it's incredible and if you've read any of his other stuff or if you haven't uh his first novel was the family fang that was turned into a movie 
um, and then Perfect Little World, his previous novel. Then he had a short story collection last year, Baby, You're Going to Be Mine. They all just, they have certain things that seem fantastical almost, but it all plays towards a very real, you know, exploration of these characters. Um, and when he spoke at ALA, there's just this one line that he, he mentioned that really struck me where, um, you know, the traditional wisdom is the strong protect the weak. And Kevin kind of talking, he says, you know, I, I haven't really found that to be true. I think what you really see often is the weak protecting the weaker. And then in those moments, they become something much more. And that's what you see, like these little, you know, seemingly insignificant moments that allow these characters to become something more. And that's so special and brilliant. Um, and as you can tell, probably from that quote, he's just such a thoughtful, kind person. And it comes through in his novels as well. He's just brilliant. So Kevin just blew my mind. Yeah, really. Wow. I, I, I got, I got that kind of, you know, those chills, the, mm. the tinglies as I call them. I got the tinglies. And he did this uh, podcast. We, well, he and I did a podcast interview together because they had, um, the, ALA had a podcast station set up, a recording station. Yeah, it was set. new and really cool. You could, yeah, like a day turnover, and you could go listen to all the podcasts they recorded. But then you could listen live. They had speakers. I mean, like me and one person. But it was fun to to do it. Hopefully, it will evolve and change into something bigger next year. Yeah. But. So we're gonna get that right. We're gonna get that recording yeah. and then put it on Library Love Fest. Yeah, we're at the end of this. You so we did three, but at the end of this, we're going to use one of them. We did a live page of librarian, um, which we always do in musings, and that will be at the end. And we talk. I talked to Rebecca Vanuk from Library Reads, so it was really wonderful. I learned a lot about Library Reads and what she's reading. So stay tuned for uh, that at the end of this talk. That's going to be mm. great. So what else did we do? We ate and drank. Mm. Oh, you have a book that you wanted to talk about, right? Oh, I think you do. You have a book as well, Lane. I think we all. No, I really yeah. like books. That's nah, true. <laughs> I can't. Lane. I shouldn't say that on film. They're going to come back and play <laughs> it at some Senate <laughs> hearing one day for me. Um, yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, I'll talk about about a book. I buzzed this at our big buzz um, at ALA, but I think it just bears double buzzing. This will probably, and it'll be triple buzzed and quad buzzed. I'm going to talk about it a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, buzz squared. Buzz squared or quadded. Can, <laughs> maybe I should just get to the book. <laughs> uh, Little Gods by Meng Jin, which is coming January of 2020. Um, this is a novel that starts off on the night of the preceding the tenant. I'm going to start over. All right. So this is a novel that starts um, basically the night of the Tiananmen Square, Square Massacre in Beijing and follows this a woman who gives birth in this Beijing hospital and she's alone and the circumstances of her being alone are somewhat mysterious. But what you come to find is this woman, Sulan, is this kind of brilliant, eccentric physicist who has big ideas about time and space and, and, and how these two things can kind of fold in on themselves. But she's really adamant about escaping her past and kind of remaking herself and she gives birth to a little girl and you move forward you come to find that Sulan and uh, her daughter immigrate to the United States um, and again this all is about kind of escaping the terrors of both the Tiananmen Square massacre but also you know further back in Sulan's history and her daughter Leah 
upon the unexpected death of Sulan, Leah decides to return to Beijing and one, try to discover who her father is, but also try to, you know, in turn, discover who she is. And this is all told in really kind of lyrical, beautiful prose. I've read reviews um, with the author, Meng Jin, and she talks often about, you know, the immigrant experience and how that is an attempt in a way to escape your past, but how, in a, but how really that is impossible no matter how, how hard we try. So this is a really thoughtful, in some ways high concept novel, but told in a very palpable kind of on the ground way as you follow Leah and her travels and how she attempts to make sense of her mother, who is a very kind of withdrawn woman and also try to get to the bottom of who her father is all in the shadow of the Tiananmen Square massacre. It's just beautiful and completely unique. And I think it's a novel that will be spoken about extensively upon its publication. I just, it really is unlike anything I've ever read and it's haunting. It's deeply haunting. And I, that's why I'm talking about it again. I will continue to talk about this book because it will not leave me alone. And I think if you give it a read, it, you know, it just has this inescapable pull. Uh, so that's little gods by Meng Jin. That's coming January from our custom house imprint. Okay. So I have to gush about one book that I did buzz as well at ALA, but I want to talk about The Glass Woman by Caroline Lee. Um, it's coming in September, and it's set in 1680s Iceland, which is not what I know a lot about. So it was historical fiction, so picked it up knowing that, but there's also like this thriller element, but it's all about isolation and the this world around a woman who... Um, she's living with her mother after her father passes away and she needs a dowry. So she marries this man who comes into town and uh, he's a fisherman, but he has some secrets. He runs, essentially runs a town uh, quite a ways away. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to marry him anyway. I need the money. And they're like, well, they don't know where his wife went. And that's a thing. But she does it she puts it aside and goes with him she's strong she reads which is not always um the norm for women in her time and she semi believes that you have the second story of paganism and christianity so christianity is just now making its way into their lives and so you have like the puritanical people living in her her world and so she doesn't believe but she she kind of fantasizes about this folklore and that doesn't help when you <laughs> fantasize about these things and go to a really isolated part of the world with your uh, new husband who has secrets and is very unloving in a way. Um, and so she wants to read and write, but all she has to do is keep this house and have his meals ready when he comes in. But there's also this locked room upstairs and she he has the key and she can't go up. So very Bluebeard's castle because um, there's a missing wife and a locked door, but also like Jane Eyre, because she keeps seeing and feeling these things that are happening. She can't, she doesn't know if it's really there or not. Um, but all the town folks, she's not allowed to talk to them. So she's really isolated. But there is a great personification of like ice and isolation within the terrain that she's around. So a big set of place and setting. Um, but it's chilly. It's great for a summer read because you're like really hot, but this book is <laughs> chills you to the bone. Um, but it's really cool. And there's like a side love story that you wouldn't expect. Um, yeah, it's really, really fun. So that's uh, The Glass Woman by Caroline Lee. Mm. Ooh, I'm chilly thinking about mm. it now. 
Iceland is hot. You guys ever been to Iceland? No, I haven't. Have you? No. Mm-mm. My friend wants to go this fall. We'll see. Isn't there like the story that they named it Iceland so people wouldn't want to move there, but it's really green, and then they named Greenland that, even though it's really icy? I don't know. That could totally be wrong. We can cut it out, but that's what I always heard. And really? Yeah, that they wanted to dissuade people from going and moving there. So they're like, oh, it's Iceland. It's terrible. You've been there? No, I haven't. Mm. No, mm. but I know people who have gone. They say it's absolutely beautiful. Any libraries there? I want to do a road <laughs> trip in Iceland. Oh, <laughs> Caroline, let's go. Yeah. Booking it to Iceland. <laughs> Hashtag shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can only imagine that you would have to take a boat. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a long trip. That'd be a big expense report. <laughs> oh my god! Rent like a little submarine or something like we that. We have like to a... buzz books for money on the boat. <laughs> Put our hat out. <laughs> god, we have our fisherman outfits. <gasps> That's right. Oh. We do our Gloucester fisherman outfits. God, oh. we have a whole we have a whole closet full of crap <laughs> from oh. all of our. Facebook lives and our, mm. our videos that we've shot for, uh, you know, to try and get people to come to our buzz. We didn't do a video for ALA this year because it was in D.C. and we figured that was enough shenanigans. D.C., <laughs> Washington, what more is there to say? But we did dress up like uh, Supreme Court judges, admittedly from Britain, <laughs> but still doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean... That was pretty truthful considering where we were. Some things look a little ridiculous there. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we're, uh, you know, everything that, uh, well, our buzzes, everything is going to be up on Library Love Fest. So you can hear us, uh, you can hear our recordings of us talking about all the books that uh, we presented at our breakfast. There were many muffins and... um, Bananas were eaten, but apples were not. No. Oh, is that the? Yeah, this is we we conducted some research. Yes. Apples. Um, how do you like them? Apples. They oh, they did not. They did not. They maybe, did not. That's like, what our report would be called. How do you like them? Apples? Maybe people were self conscious because of the crunch. Oh, maybe. The crunch mid buzz. Maybe. You don't want to be the lone cruncher. The lone cruncher. <laughs> God Almighty. All right. Well, <laughs> on that crunchy right. note, <laughs> getting loopy. So we're going to move you into the live recording we did at AOA. This is on the show floor, and it was very fun. This has been Musings from 195. Uno Nuevo Cinco. That's not right, is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't say nine. Yeah. Cinco seis. Nueva. No. Uno Oh my gosh, I just second guessed everything I ever know. Sorry, Lainey. (laughs) All right. Well, bye, everyone. (laughs) Sayonara. Adios. (laughs) Hi, this is Lainey from the Library Love Fest podcast, and we are coming live from the show floor at ALA. This is our first live podcast recording, and I'm very lucky to have an 
extra special guest today. So we do a little thing called Page a Librarian, and we call in our expertise, and today we are joined by Rebecca Vanuk from Library Reach. She's the executive director. So welcome. Thanks, Lainey. Happy to be here. Of course. We're always happy to have you. So tell us a little bit about Library Reads, and then tell us about Library Reads at ALA in general. Okay. So Library Reads is a 501c6 nonprofit that works with uh, North American publishers and people who work in public libraries in uh, the United States to create a top 10 list of favorite upcoming books. So you can go to our website, which is libraryreads.org, and every month we have a list of the top 10 books that people who work, and anybody who is on staff at a public library uh, votes for these books, and they're all upcoming. So for example, on uh, this Monday, the 17th, we just released the July list, so all of Woo! your upcoming things you want to put on hold for <laughs> July, you can find the top 10 there. Plus, we have a Hall of Fame, and I'm excited to, you know, you already know this, but excited to report that HarperCollins has three authors on the Hall of Fame this month. You can't uh, Laura, see me, but I'm dancing. Right? <laughs> Laura Lipman, Jocelyn Jackson, and who's the and, third? And uh, Sarah McLean. Yes, Sarah yes. McLean. So that's very exciting. And authors hit the top, the... Uh, Hall of Fame once they have had books appear on the list three times. So those are all very beloved library authors, and they've hit our Hall of Fame. So that's that's what nice. we do for library what's, reads. What's a question that you get library reads in general that surprises you maybe like I know one we get is like do you have to be a librarian yes so that is one and you don't have to be a librarian anybody who works in a public library in North America can vote or I should say in the United States uh, in North America Canada has their own version and that's called Lone Stars so if you're a Canadian library person listening to this go to LoneStars.org but anybody so you can work at any service desk you can do you be the security guard at the library anybody who interacts (laughs) with patrons at a public library can vote for library reads. Uh, We currently don't have the capacity to take votes from academic librarians or special librarians, but we love you guys too. Please come and use our list. Um, And we also, it's all adult books, so we don't have any voting for children's or middle grade or YA books. It's all adult books. Um, That's the question I get a lot is, you know, what what kind of books can I vote for? And then the other question is how to vote. Um, And some librarians know this and some library folks don't that, you know, you are eligible to get advanced reader copies of almost everything that's published, it feels like, these days. Uh, When you come to conferences like ALA, um, visiting any publisher's booth, you guys always are so generous with the print copies of uh, galleys for things, and then using Edelweiss and or NetGalley, um, anybody who works in a library is eligible to sign up for a free account on either of those. Again, that's Edelweiss, and then NetGalley is the other one, and you vote for them. That way you can download from there um, onto Kindle or onto iPad or anything like that. Those are all downloadable ARCs, and those are available for anyone, and then you vote via those two services. Yeah. Okay, so within the greater ALA world, what are you doing while you're here? So we actually sponsor two programs while we're here at ALA. We do this at midwinter as well. We do a panel every Saturday, um, both midwinter and annual. And this time we are doing the Fiercely Female panel, which is a great group of four 
uh, female authors talking about their books, and we'll have books to give away. And then on the Monday of annual, we do the Bookalicious Breakfast. We've got five authors appearing for that. Wow. So that is breakfast plus, again, books. Everybody likes to get their, get their books and hear from authors, so we do those two panels. Yes, we have an author on the Fiercely Female. We have yes. Alicia Menendez yep. from the Likeability Trap. Um, and those panels are always really great. Like, even, you know, as a publisher, you're there for your author, but it's fun to hear everybody else's take on things. It and is. It's a nice way for people to kind of get to know a little bit about the authors. Mm -hmm. I always do. I, I used to do, when I, I've been doing panels for a long time. When I worked at Booklist, we did panels with publishers as well. And I used to try and make them kind of interview style where I would ask specific questions about the book and I've really just come to this point where it's it's easier for me I'll, I'll admit it first of all but it also it's great for the authors I've come to this style of I literally just ask them just please tell us about your book and how you yeah. came to write it and that really gives them the chance to say anything they want to say um, it gives them they each get about 10-15 minutes depending on the panel and they can talk about how they came to this book. Um, they can talk about their writing life in general. They can talk about you know what it's like to be an author, what it's like to work as an author. And I find that librarians and attendants really love that. Like we like to hear the stories behind the books, and we like to know you know what is it what is it like to be an author, yeah. to be a writer. And so having that you know being in this kind of this space with these people excited to talk to you is, is really yeah. a fun thing. I love being able to host these events. Yeah, there's not really like a wrong answer when right. you're like, what do I do? It's right. like, they're not here for the same explanation exactly. from every. They want to exactly. know about you and what you're doing. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. That's exciting. And it's the panels, cool. they're really wonderful. And yeah. you do such a good job with them. Thanks. Um, Thanks. I feel like it's always in good hands with you. Thank you. Um, okay, so our next question. Uh -oh. Yes. What's a HarperCollins title that you are excited about? Okay. I am so excited about Never Have I Ever by Jocelyn Jackson. Nice. Which I have my little screen here. I can tell you, you probably know this exactly when it comes out. So Never Have I Ever is coming out on July 30th. Um, and I have been a big fan. I've read all of Jocelyn Jackson's books. I think, actually, I was one of the first people to review her debut, Gods in Alabama, when I was yeah. reviewing for Library Journal, um, and just l fell in love with her voice. She's very straightforward. She's a fantastic storyteller. Her characters are very real. So really like her stuff a lot. Super excited to see that her new one was going to be a thriller, because right, I love that's thrillers, right? Thing, yeah. I, I'm a big thriller person. I love twist endings, and this has some great it twists has, like, in it big ones. It like, really does. You think it's like done and they're like, <laughs> yes. oh, there's another oh, there's one. There's <laughs> more. There's more. And so this is the story of Amy who, oh, just kind of a boring housewife, right? No big deal. And then all of a sudden, a stranger appears. So she hosts a book club for her neighborhood and a stranger appears one night. Mm. And, you know, she wants to be welcoming. So come on in, come into my house. Let's, you know, meet the, meet the gals. It's somebody new to the neighborhood. And it turns out that this person knows things about Amy that nobody else knows. And so the whole book, you're just learning more and more. All of these secrets get uncovered, all of this stuff, and it, it unwinds at this really great pace. And I promised that I would not give away the ending, and I won't, but I will say the what happens in the end was, was perfect. Like, I think I cheered at one point <laughs> because what happens is what I always want to have happen yeah. in thriller movies, books, everything, and it happened. And I was nice. very happy. So, if, so anybody who's read it probably knows what I'm talking about, but I won't give anything else <laughs> away. Um, if you haven't read it, though, read it and then email me what you thought about the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I, I particularly liked that 
You know, a lot of the times with thrillers or psychological thrillers, you get this person who... Like their dark side comes out yes. a lot, but this person, she she's very empathetic, and she's like, you yeah. know, I'm a mom, I wouldn't do this this way, right. or you know, they were probably not trying to do that, and I felt that it was very refreshing. Yes, like she was thinking about other people, she wasn't letting this really chaotic thing because it's essentially a blackmail thing going yes, on, right? Right. She wasn't letting that bring her down into the like. Yes. No, it was it was very interesting. Like most of the. There were there were not very many good characters. Like right, they were all kind of bad in their own little right. way, and yet nobody was like the 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 villain. Like, well, I mean, there is a villain, but like, like well, so it's not one, that stereotypical but, villain, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, bad. Here's the bad person. Yeah, watch like, trolling their like, mustache. Every, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. It wasn't a caricature. It was right. very much these are everyday normal people who have gotten themselves into bad things, right. and we're all probably like two steps away from that. <laughs> right. Is, or like you saw that it was like. kind of realistic, where yes. you're like, I. I get that. Like, yeah. you make mistakes. Right. Yeah. Right. That was refreshing to yes. me. Yeah. Okay. So I really love that oh, one. I'm so glad That's you liked it. One. She's also lovely. She um, spoke at a TLA, I believe, and she's just, she's funny. She seems like she, she'd be a lot of fun. She played this game in our signing line of Never Have I Ever. So she asked a librarian, uh, like, centric questions, and so she said... Uh, <laughs> never, never have I ever saw something going on in the snacks. <laughs> it was so funny just to see Every their Every librarian's like, their yeah, yeah, faces. We <laughs> They were just like, <laughs> oh, but yeah, she's lovely. Um, okay, so the next question, and we're yes. going to be publisher agnostic. So okay. tell me about a book that you're excited about that does not, it could be anybody. Anybody's book. Um... Let me think for two seconds. So actually, one book that I really, I, I have, um, it's, it's in my currently reading pile, and it's called Motherhood So White by Nefertiti Austin. Yes. That's out from Sourcebooks. Mm-hmm. And um, she was one of our featured authors at the Library Reads uh, Book Expo dinner that we had. Um, and it really was, it's the, the time is right for that book. Yeah. Um, she is the adopted mother, adoptive, sorry, mother of, um, I believe, two children. And mm-hmm. so she really talks about what it's like to be not just a mother today, but a black mother of black children and the different things mm. that she has to worry about because the the motherhood in America right now is very white centered. And so she she really kind of goes into this exploration of what it means to be the mother of black boys. And I was fascinated yeah. by it and really loved listening to her speak. And her, her book is very powerful. So I yeah. definitely recommend that one. I think of that a lot with like the Linda Fairstein thing coming yes, out where right? it's like these, these, these kids that are going through something and they kind of got rushed into some, like right. brought up in something they had no idea what was going on. How do you have those conversations with your kids? Right. It's a very different conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's tough. Yeah. And I, I have two boys myself, mm-hmm. and we're trying very hard to make sure that they realize that, like, they have a lot of things going for them in this world that not right. everybody else has. And we are not going to let them grow up to think that that's okay. So it's right. I, I really enjoyed what she had to say about that. Yeah. It, it helped me in my parenting. Yeah. It's great to have a conversation about privilege and what that means, yeah. what it looks like, and and like being aware of it, I exactly. guess. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm yeah. excited to read. Yeah. Um, anything else about library reads you want to talk about, you want to... Not that I can think of. I would just ask everyone, go to libraryreads.org to learn about us. Uh, There's a whole section on how to participate. Uh, As a 
staff person how to it, it's really easy to get those books and to vote and the more voting we have the better books get on the list it's great you can use the list in your libraries we offer uh, printable stickers that you can put on on library award or library reads list winners um, we offer a printable version of the list that a lot of libraries will print out and put up at the on display at the desk um, so go ahead and use those materials and get the word out about us great and it's the first bef- the first of the month before a pub yes date. yes so, so vote. voting voting happens the first of the month before a book comes out so wonderful yeah thank you so much thanks this for having me been a conversation with Rebecca Vanuk who is the executive director of library reads and we're live from the ALA show floor Woo-hoo! we see people walking around <laughs> and we're really happy that you could join us thanks thanks for having me bye guys bye